Hello, and welcome to Sobertown Podcast. I'm your host, Viv, and some of you know me as Sober I Thrive. Make sure to visit our website on SobertownPodcast.com. You will find our free Zoom calendars, Todd's modules for your sober toolbox, sober recovery stories, and our link to the Sobertown Facebook group on SobertownPodcast.com. I'll chat with guests and community members about topics related to sobriety and recovery. There are also a couple of sober communities called Boom, Rethink the Drink, and the I Am Sober app, where most of our website contributors met for SoberTownPodcast.com. Welcome to Sobertown Podcast. I'm your host, Viv. Some of you know me as Sober I Thrive. I'm excited to bring you today, our next guest who is here to share their journey to sobriety. It's an inspiring conversation, and we look forward to having you join us. Thank you so much for being here. This intro does not do her justice for what she has done for women and industry in general. Our guest is an award-winning journalist and best-selling author turned psychotherapist best-selling author of the book Drink. In 2013, The Intimate Relationship Between Women and Alcohol, a book named one of the top 10 of the year by the Washington Post. Part memoir, part journalistic exploration, the book exposes the pinking of the alcohol industry. The writing is gripping and vivid, the voice personal, the research exacting, the stories revealing if sometimes heartbreaking. The conclusion essential, a triumph of life, a triumph, triumphant book. She is also the winner of seven national magazine awards. Since the publication of Drink, she has earned an honorary doctorate of law from Queen's University. She is also the recipient of Transforming Lives Award from the Center of Addiction and Mental Health the American Research Society and Addictions Media Award, plus the TA Suite Award from the Ontario Psychiatrist Award Association for helping address stigma related to the mental health and addiction. In 2017, she decided to follow her heart, applying to the Masters of Social Work program at Smith's College in Northampton, Massachusetts. What this represents, in her words, she says, is fulfillment of a decades-old dream to become a psychotherapist. During her internship, she worked at the John Tweed Center in Toronto with a psychotherapist, John Winhall, and focusing on writing remains a significant part of her life. She is hard at work on her second book in her spare time. And... In her own words, she is representing another course that will benefit all of us. It is my pleasure and honor to present to you Anne Dowsett Johnson. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Bim. I am just elated and I cannot tell you how... For me, I would like the listeners to understand this is very personal to me, this story 
I did not know that it was possible to be sober. I just could not even imagine being sober because I didn't know. I, I didn't know any different. I was a fish. And if you ask fish, how's the water? They say, <laughs> the temperature's great, right? Because they don't even know. And, you know, it's great. Right. So, so when I'm sitting in the bathtub at a month into sobriety, and I would sit in the bathtub quite a lot. But what is the synergy here is I'm sitting in my bathtub, which I would take four or five baths a day. So I could just have my tears go into the bathtub. Wow. Yeah. And those tears would listen to TED Talks or anything related to sobriety. There was no sober town at that time when I first started this journey. And there were no women's Zooms that I knew of. The only thing that I had available was YouTube. And it, it came full circle to me because in researching for our interview, I saw something underlined and it says, you've already viewed this. And then I was like, I've already viewed this TED Talk because there's so many different you know, TED Talks that you've done and there's different interviews. And I was, I played it and it was the TED Talk that inspired me so much and gave me hope. And it was very impactful about where your son tells you, mom, write your losses and write your wins. And that to me, I understood that yes. there was a life. So please. Tell us, tell us, tell us about your journey. Tell us about you and tell us about your new endeavors. Okay. You know, the process of writing drink, I think I was about four years sober when I wrote that book. And the process of doing the TED Talk that you're referring to, drinking and how it changed my life, it's now had 1.4 million views. And Really, there was a before and after moment in the sense that I grew up with a beautiful mother who fell down the bunny hole of drinking and mixing, much as a lot of people did in the 1960s. Uh, Valium, a lot of women did, was a very highly prescribed drug. Valium and alcohol, which she mixed and basically lost 40 to 50 years of her life to addiction. So I grew up with that and in the end lost my father to alcohol addiction as well. He joined my mother in retirement. So if there was a story I was meant to tell, we grew up with the secret that our mother was addicted and alcoholic. And of course it wasn't a secret. It was an open secret, but in those days you didn't talk about it. And I was determined as a journalist and as a person who got sober herself to chart the territory of women and drinking. And then, of course, I broke the story of the pinking of the market, which happened in the 1990s, where the alcohol industry decided that a whole gender was underperforming and not drinking enough. And they invented those sweet, fizzy drinks that were aimed at teenage girls. And it was a huge experiment and a huge success. So my book broke. Not only the story of my addiction and my mother's addiction, but, but 
the pinking of the alcohol market. So it's what we call a braided book. It's part memoir, part my memoir, part looking at the industry and telling other women's stories. Now I am in my 15th year of sobriety and I'm ready to tell another story. Lots of people, I'm happy to say, have loved my book, but it ended when I was relatively new in sobriety and I have an, a, a lot more to write about in terms of what happens to us when we get sober. I think a lot of people think that you return to your old self. That's the gift of sobriety. Of course you don't. You get to choose the parts of yourself that you want to keep and the parts that you are good at jettison. And we reshape lives. I think that's the great crucible of sobriety is that we reshape our lives and we get to cherry pick what we become. So in my case, I became a psychotherapist in my 60s. I am still a writer and it's a life, as you would know, Viv, of being nourished by sobriety. And nourished so by the adventure of sobriety, the adventure of how will you choose to live? Because of course, when we're drinking, we don't have any, we don't have any choice. We're self-medicating and numbing. So we're participants in our own life. And that's exciting. Yes. You know, it, it, that's one of the things that I, I, I've spoken about. I say for my own life, I was living, I wasn't existing and there is a difference. Oh, yes. You know, and one of the things that I wanted to take us back to a bit is that when you first wrote that book, Drink, what people don't understand is you were met with resistance. Oh, yes. You know, we have a huge library of Quitlet now, but back when that book appeared in 2013 and when I was getting sober, I turned to the brilliant Carolyn Knapp's book, Drinking a Love Story. Sadly, she's long gone. And now we have so many other, not only so many other books, but so many modern recovery options other than just going to 12-step. 12-step serves a lot of people, but there are, modern recovery has many, many choices. And it was a very different time. It was a time when People were really asking whether this was just a problem for men or it was just a problem for indigenous people. People said very insulting things. And owning my story in public as nakedly as I did had repercussions. You know, I wasn't sure I would ever get a job again. You write a book called Drink. You own that you have had a drinking, a binge drinking problem as an adult. You closed some doors for yourself, right? And yet it seemed to be the most important thing for me to do, which was to write about women and drinking. And when I finished the books, some people said, how do you feel? And I said, like, I feel the most in I've ever felt. I had finally unburdened a secret that we weren't supposed to talk about it. It felt good to talk about it. It felt good to be and so good that I went on and did the TED talk. And I haven't really shut up since. <laughs> and and thank, thank you, Bert. The TED talk, when someone like me, and I think we, we spoke about this when we met, and I was lucky enough to meet you. That's why I'm like, the universe just conspires with you. That at that moment, I needed that. I didn't know anything about sobriety. 
I just no needed to be sober because it was taking me down to the rabbit hole of death. And people on Sobertown have heard my recovery story. So it, it it was a need. It was a need. And I your TED Talk gave me the opportunity to see the different variations of the possibility on top of everything else. Not to look at what I was leaving, but to look at what I was gaining. Nice. And that was I, yeah. So thank Lovely. you. Lovely. What I wanted to touch on is also, you had mentioned that there were several publishing houses that were resistant against publishing the book because of the stigma behind it. And the reason I bring this up is because some of us can be resistance and, and feel re resistance in different ways in which we have stories to tell. But we're resistant because of stigma, you know, the family, what we do for a living, and yeah. all this, and the inspiration of, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to move forward with it no matter what. That is what got me just like even deeper when I first met you, and, and you were the keynote speaker at the event. So can you tell us, how did you just not pay attention to that noise and say, I'm going to do this and you found someone? Well, you know, I'm a journalist. I was a journalist for 40 years. And, and so I'm a born storyteller. The, the success of Drinked was really exciting because actually 20 publishers tried to publish it. And I went with Harper Collins. So the book went to auction and was a very big book deal. But it was it, it, it was a groundbreaking book. It looked at women catching up to men. And sadly, everything it predicted that women would, in the end, outpace men in drinking is starting to come true. There's new data that came out just last week that says young college age girls, young women are outpacing the drinking habits of men, young men. Medically, we're equal, but metabolically, hormonally, we don't metabolize alcohol the same way. And it's terrifying, actually, what's happening to young women, happening to women as a result of our normalizing binge drinking. And my book came out, or I started writing about this, Women in Alcohol, back in 2010 when I won a big fellowship, $100,000 fellowship to look at women in drinking around the world for a year for Canada's biggest newspaper. And I've been on this file ever since. So 2010 is a long time ago, and I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm a total nerd on this subject because it's my favorite subject. What is happening to women? Why are they drinking? And the conclusion I came to is that it's a modern women's steroid, enabling us to do the heavy lifting in a complex world. So what does that mean? That means you race home from the office or from your Zoom posting, get ready to cook dinner. You've got homework to overlook, to oversee more emails for work after you put the kids to bed. Typical, it's way easier to open a bottle of wine than it is to get to a yoga class 
So you do. You open a glass of wine, you get yourself a glass of wine, which eventually becomes two glasses, which eventually becomes three, and so on. And so it's not surprising that women are catching up or outpacing men in, in binge drinking. And I think women drink for different reasons than men do. They, they drink to cope. They drink to numb. They drink to self-medicate in a way that is terrifying. Absolutely. Really. Is. I had to learn new language around it that I wasn't looking to mute because that's, you know, as you talk that there's high functioning. So I had the stigma when I first, that the person, the addiction, the alcoholic was the person under the bridge and was, had lost it all. And, right. and all those stereotypes that we put together. Right. Right. And I, and I questioned myself because, because it's the high bottom. You never see these women in corporate. And I was, for myself, I was mortgage lender handling people's money and homes. And I'm binge drinking each and every night. So no. that was a big secret for me. And I think that when I came to this community of Sober Town, I, I remember being in a, in a Zoom and telling people telling me, I said, I'm a high-functioning alcoholic when I came to it. And they said, honey, we all are. Right. And yeah, I, that's true. You know, and I think this is, this was just incredible when I saw your, just, just everything that you've done, it, joining, getting your degree. And I don't want to, you know, say your age or anything like that, but it, right. I got it in, in my mid sixties. Yes. yes. You know, I, I think that's, that's incredible. That is so beautiful. I'm 51. I'm going to turn 52 this year and I'm, you know, and I've never stopped this. I, I felt like my life began mm -hmm. because no longer was I, I under the veil of alcohol. And I see younger and younger women getting sober. Right. And I want, I would like for you to touch on also this, this book drink is incredible. And I think you had mentioned, if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, that the reason that nobody had come out with this type of book because it was mostly memoirs that that they were right. People were writing their own stories, but very few people had decided to look at the culture and what has happened. So it was a groundbreaking book looking at what had happened to women with the alcohol market really focusing on them. And woven in was my own story. Woven in was the story of other women who had more or less been high professional, high functioning women who stumbled with alcohol and often were self-medicating trauma or depression or anxiety. And I wanted to look at the complexity of what it is we medicate, why we medicate why the culture has unfolded the way it has. And it only has become more so. So it's a big story. It is. It is. So can you tell us where you are at now? Because I know that you 
are promoting something so beautiful and so big and so inspiring to me. And I know that our listeners would love to to hear about this. And we will include all the links. So any of you that are interested in in what she's about to talk about, we will have the links here for you. Okay, wonderful. So on top of being a psychotherapist, and I have almost totally women-only practice, I teach a course called Writing Your Recovery. And Writing Your Recovery is an eight-week memoir writing course with me on the grounds that you are recovering from whatever. We're all recovering from, it could be grief, it could be a food disorder, an eating disorder, it could be alcohol, it could be fertility problems in, in one case. It could be anything. So Writing Your Recovery, we meet for eight weeks. We meet for two hours a week. And the notion is that you will tell your story. I will teach you how to tell your story. You will meet an agent. You will meet. Last week, we had Holly Whitaker, who wrote Quit Like a Woman, to talk about what it's like being out in the world, in the the publishing world. And it's a very hands-on course in that I teach it. It's not canned. It's not tape. I'm there every week with you, giving you writing prompts, helping you learn how to write. And we have had so much fun with so many women from around the world in this course. It's terrific. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I for myself, I, I, I want to do that. So I'm going to be joining your course as well. And it, to me, it was incredible that that's Heather as well, which is Ditch the Drink. Yes, yes, she's been in the course. That's right. And she's a very good writer. There are very many good writers and all have a different story to tell. So that's a likely part of my life as well, teaching the writing courses. And we have an offering that's midday and an offering that's in the evening. And so we get people from all around the world. It's it's very exciting. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. I, I think that that's a fantastic opportunity because I, I come across so many women Year that I do recovery stories, but once you pin it down, once you put it down, on, you know, in write your memoir, it, it takes on a different feel. What else are you up to these days? On top of because <laughs> I'm like reading on her days in her leisure, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm I'm beginning to write my next book, which will be about sobriety, and I'm really enjoying shaping that. What do we need to know about long-term sobriety? What do we need to know about reshaping a life? So I'm working on that as well. That's fantastic. So there's no stopping. I mean, you're just... Thank you. <laughs> there's no stopping. And you are someone to... Just just the trailblazer in my eyes. Thank someone, you. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've always walked into these shoes of not knowing and and doing things scared anyways and i'm like okay well if i don't know who i am about to become emulate someone you admire uh-huh. and, and you definitely definitely do that so thank you you're so you're so generous thank you. so thank you for your time is there anything additional or anything that you would like to tell i would like to close with this if someone is listening like i was and they are in early days of sobriety or even contemplating the idea. Yes. What would you say to them? What would 
be the one thing that you would love to for them to take away from this interview or any piece of it wisdom to impart? Yeah, I think if you're listening to this and think you might have a problem or be in the early stages of having a problem, there's no surprise that I would suggest that you journal, that you keep a drinking diary or a non-drinking diary. If you haven't stopped, get up in the morning and say, tonight I'm going to have one or I'm going to have zero, I'm going to have two, and see if you can keep your promise and do that for a week. You'll know. I think most of us who have a drinking problem know we have a drinking problem, and yet we still have to navigate it. So I think your journal is is a wonderful gift, and I think, and your friend, and I think we have to ask ourselves, are we drinking to numb? Are we drinking to self-medicate a problem? Often as women, we are. Often we're trying to escape. Often we're drinking alone. So I think the journal is a wonderful thing and asking yourself those questions is great. If you're newly sober, then I think the daily morning pages as Julia Cameron has outlined it for us, writing for 30 minutes a day, getting your heart and soul on the page, even if it's point form, just releases some of the tension that comes with new sobriety. You talk about climbing into the bathtub several times a day. And I think that's so beautiful. Self-care, self-nurturing, self-soothing is so important when we're first getting sober. Really, really key. So those would be my bits of advice. How can we find you? I know that we're going to include the link, but what's the easiest way that somebody would like to look you up and be able to find your course? information, anything that you would like to give us? Everything's on my website, which is my name, andosetjohnston.com. Complicated name, but I know you'll put it in the links. And my workshops are there, my talks there, my other bits of writing and media are there. So if you, you need to reach out, want to reach out and look into a course, that's where you find it. Perfect. Thank you so much. For being so gracious and and just one of one of my biggest sheroes. <laughs> thank you, Finn. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. Likewise, thank you so much. And in closing, we are going to be including all her links. The writing course is incredible, but very charismatic and just an incredible person to meet and come across. Thank you so much, Finn. Thank you. Okay. Take care. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, tell a friend or someone you know, pass this podcast on. And my information is Viv, founder of SoberIThrive.org. I'm an internationally certified in addiction recovery, other known as a sober coach and a life coach too. My certifications encompass the neuroscience of joyful recovery, roots of addictions, alcohol and its effects, dynamics of professional recovery coaching, motivation to change, right thinking in recovery, family issues in recovery, codependent behaviors in addiction, and ethical and legal issues in professional recovery coaching. Go to my website. Sober I thrive dot O R G.
and book your free, confidential, 30-minute call. We can help create the sober warrior within you.